Welcome to Let's Get Information. My name is Alexa Silvaggio, and this, my friends, is a podcast for seekers, entrepreneurs, spirit junkies, and wellness lovers of all kinds. Each week, we'll be offering you inspiration, education, and co-creation that will help you cultivate an epic life. So let's dig deep, lift up, and thrive through these personal stories, tips, how-tos, and most importantly, great, rich truth. OMG, Kelsey Grant, thank you so much for being on Let's Get Information podcast. Yes, I'm so excited <laughs> to be here. We're going to have oh, so much fun. Oh, okay. So for those of you guys who don't know who Kelsey Grant is, you can find her on uh, the gram, the gram that is instant, um, as Radical Self Love. And uh, I've started following you. I think I started following you through Mark Groves. Mm. Yep, that sounds about who, right. <laughs> who is like a super dreamy human who will also be on the show, which I'm really excited about. Um, but you've just been such an inspiration to me, and you are just like a ray of sunshine that is offering so much wisdom and light to the mm. world. And I feel like you are indeed creating epic shit. And I want to know about what you're up to. So what's happening Ooh. for you right now? Well, thank you for that. You just made my heart like explode with tingles of happiness. So let's just start there. <laughs> um, yes. What am I up to? Well, I mean, just to give everyone context, I do love and relationship education. So I have a platform where we basically help men and women understand each other and like uncross those wires of misunderstanding that naturally happen when we're in intimate relationships with each other. Like, mm. I don't know about you, but like there have been times where I'm like, uh, are you from another planet, dude? <laughs> because in my feminine operating system, that is not okay. <laughs> totally. Totally. Too many times. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and the same thing happens, you know, on their side where they're like, what is going on with this woman? Like, yeah. I asked her if she was fine and she said she was, and now we are in world war three. And yeah. so <laughs> totally. my, my job is essentially, you know, being that communication bridge and the translator between the two worlds. So I help men understand women, women understand men, and we've got a year long curriculum right now that we're just doing with women. It's called the year of love masterclass. And we go through all of the, you know, predominant areas, in my opinion, and in my experience, that have been crucial in understanding the elements and what actually contributes to an extraordinary partnership and an extraordinary life. Because I'm one of those people who isn't an either or kind of person. Like there's a lot of people on this planet who think you can either lead an epic life and live on purpose, or you can be in a great relationship, but you can't have both because one yeah. takes away from the other. And I just don't subscribe to that. I think it's such a limiting paradigm. And, you know, there is some truth when you're not in the right relationship. Absolutely. That's going to steer you off track. And, yeah. you know, we're going to get into some gnarly territory there, but when we know how to set up a relationship properly and from a place of alignment, that yeah. partnership 
can take both of you to places that you never even dreamed possible. And it can also amplify your purpose and what you've been plunked on this planet to do. And so that curriculum really takes these women through that process of refining who they know themselves to be. We start with mindset and self-love. Then we go into understanding men you know, how we're fundamentally different. Then we go into our feminine essence. So tapping into creativity, intuition, understanding the four different women that we become every month and how to really make that work for us in our lives and also how to set up our partners so that, you know, we, we don't go DEFCON 5 on them and be like, oh, okay, it's a regular <laughs> scheduled time for my attempt to break up with you this month. Great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God, what you were just saying, like, I literally have chills. I I need this course. Like, (laughs) yeah, it's pretty freaking magical. And like, we, we ran out the year with partnership tools and essentials. So like the 12, like foundational building blocks to a high quality partnership. And these are things that, you know, the majority of us have not learned and like, I had to learn them by going into various different areas of study. And so that entire curriculum is just a culmination of everything that I wish that I had known about relationships that my life had provided me with that, you know, it didn't. And so I jammed it all into one year and we take uh, 18 women a year through that program. And we're going to launch the track for men this year, which is super exciting. And uh, I am really pumped for it and it's a huge undertaking, but I'm, I'm ready for it. And you know, it's, it's a really exciting time. And so that's, that's the main thing that I'm up to. We have a self-love class that my graduates teach. So any of the women who've graduated the year of love masterclass, uh, they qualified to become facilitators for the self-love mastermind. And that's a three month self-love class. And they meet on the internet once a week for three months and they talk about self-love. They go through a curriculum and, um, yeah, so those are our two big things that we we do inside of the company, and you know we also do live events and retreats in Spain. You know all all the things. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, no, I mean it's so imperative this work because I think in this time of social media and this time of tremendous quotes, you know, quote unquote connection, we are more disconnected than ever. Mm-hmm. And yet yeah. like we're still hardwired for connection. Like Absolutely. We're very much created to connect, to be loved. To, that's, that's all we want. Mm-hmm. And so you're really doing some epic work because mm, thank you. it's like a return, you know, it's like a homecoming to yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. And I was just on a call with one of my coaches right before we got on the phone here. And he was telling me this horror story about this woman that he was talking to and her experience of this date that she went on and that the guy was literally on a dating app swiping on other women while they were on their date. Stop it. Right. That's what I said. I was like, no, 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 no. That didn't actually happen in real life. He's like, for true. Yeah. It happened. I'm like, what oh, is going God. on on this freaking planet? I'm like, yeah. okay, that just gave me more fire in terms yeah. of like doing this work and like, all right, we got to raise the bar here. And as a collective, if we keep enabling that type of shitty behavior, I hope I can swear because I just did. Um, But like that type of behavior only exists because there's a container that deems it appropriate. 
And there's enough people putting up with that and tolerating it. And, you know, I, I love what's happening on a global scale right now where that tolerance is, you know, really starting to dwindle and mm. we're starting to call people to be better. And, you know, if we don't relate to someone as their greatness, they're never going to get there. And so we've got to stop, you know, entertaining these low bar experiences. Like imagine if there was a collective of women in the world or men, you know, this can go either way, where if something like that happened, y'all just got up from the date and left. Right. Be like, you know what? I love myself a little too much to sit here and tolerate this. Boy, bye. Yeah. No, not happening. Oh my God. Yeah. It's so wild. And and I think, and I think as women too, we're taught to be, um, as, as a culture, at least, I think we're taught to be kind of, um, not, not complacent. That's not the right word, but small and and make it nice and be people pleasers. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I could see, I mean, I'd like to think that if that happened to me on a date, like I would like try to make a joke about it and like laugh it off. Mm Mm-hmm. But like, that is so not okay. Right. The fact that it's tolerated is audacious. Yeah. And the fact that it's even happening, like, I'm sorry, but how disconnected must someone be to themselves in order to behave like that in the presence of another person? Yeah, absolutely. Why do you think we're so disconnected? Um... Well, I think that there's, you know, not a lot of support in terms of, you know, how to actually generate really healthy connections. And that starts all the way back in the family system. You know, our first introduction into relationships is our family of origin. And if our parents or our primary caregivers are really replaying these patterns of either being emotionally shut down or just disconnected from themselves, like that's not an environment that is going to create the conditions to really take it to the next level in terms of fulfillment. And so we've got some work to do in the family system and you know, it, I think it really comes down to a fear of intimacy a lot of the time. And I don't want to be vulnerable with someone because it might threaten my sense of security, safety. And so it's just easier to keep it surface, keep it up top. And at least, you know, there's some other body in the room, even though there's zero juice in that connection. And so we've come to this point in our culture, like our culture has brought us to this point. I think technology has a lot to do with it. I'm all for technology. I run an online freaking business. Like I'm not, you know, shit talking technology here, but Mm. at the same time, there is that line. And if we go too far down the road of you know, connecting with our technology versus connecting with these live living beings that are in front of us that have feelings that have emotions that are here to generate such an extraordinary sense of purpose on the planet. And we're choosing, you know, to hang out with our apps. Well, that's probably part of the reason why relationships are so dysfunctional and why we see this, you know, really dysfunctional behavior in the dating game because people don't know how to relate to each other. They know how to relate to their phone. They know how to relate to their technology, but they don't know how to have a conversation. Like look how many people talk in slang and they don't even use, you know, full words to express themselves in a sentence. 
And so we've got to really start reclaiming a lot of those fundamentals of connection, which come down to communication. They come down to emotional intimacy and knowing who we are and having emotional intelligence, emotional intelligence about what's going on in our system. So if I don't even have the language to describe the feeling that's rising in me, there is no way that I can, you know, communicate that or educate someone else on what's true for me if I don't even know what's true for me. So, I mean, there's, there's so many pieces to this puzzle, but I'd say that that's probably my answer for today. Wow. Yeah, no, that's so, so beautiful. And, um, it's really disheartening to be honest, like, and, and, you know, I am a single female here in Los Angeles. Yeah. And I will say what I've picked up on is, and, and I know that this is partly my issue as well, um, because I think, and maybe I'm just like the woo-woo queen of the universe, but like, obviously we attract what we're like mm. ready for them mm-hmm. on some level. Um, but I will also say that like, it's really wild the amount of, of men that I've come across and I'm sure men, and I, I have male friends that have come across this and women as well, but this is just from my viewpoint yeah. that are absolutely petrified of commitment. Mm. Um, Mm -hmm. like they'll, they'll totally be, they'll totally date you. They'll totally like want to connect or whatever. And of course be intimate. Mm. Uh, But when it comes to like actually making a commitment and like solidifying a relationship and being potentially monogamous, it's like the scariest thing on the planet. Mm. And -hmm. and I have that in male friends and in female friends and yeah. And I wonder what you think about this, like commitment phobia, if you feel like this is an epidemic as I'm experiencing it here and maybe it's just Los Angeles. Mm. You know, I think it's, it's a thing. It's definitely a North American thing. I think it's probably a Western culture thing on many, many levels. Um, You know, and I, I can only speak from my experience and my resistance to commitment at certain pockets of my life. And when I was really resisting commitment, it had more to do with this fear of truly being witnessed and truly being seen. Because the thing about relationships is not only do they bring us to our edge, (laughs) Um, but they shine a really nice, big spotlight onto the pieces of ourselves that we have disowned. And so the pieces of ourselves that we've disowned or we haven't integrated, we will see in the reflection of our partner and we can't outrun it. And so I think the the commitment issue is more a, a deeper issue of not really integrating our shadow. We live in this culture that's freaking weird that it values you know, this positivity bypass where like everything is great. Everything is awesome. Like only love and light, only love and light, like bullshit. Yeah. Has anyone like turned on the news lately? Like this planet isn't just love and light guys. Like it's it's a freaking mess. And if there's any hope in cleaning up the planet and saving the planet, we've got to save ourselves first. If I can't be with the part of me that is jealous, the part of me that is resentful, the part of me that's envious, the part of me that is malicious or you know, just wants to seek revenge. Like if I cannot be with those parts of myself, they are going to hijack my life in the first place. And then if I do get into a relationship, I'm going to see that reflected in some way, shape or form in my partner. Yes. 
And that selective numbing is yeah. it doesn't work. Like mm-hmm. you can't experience mm-hmm. joy unless you're willing to go to the depths. You Absolutely. Know? And because yeah, and because our, our society, our system of education is not set up to equip people with the tools yeah. and the insights and the support to hold the wholeness of their humanity, mm-hmm. the only logical choice is to reject it, is to repress it, is to suppress it, is to numb it. Yeah. And so, you know, it, again, it's it's a bigger imperative here. Like it's a bigger, you know, conversation of what are we teaching people? Like, why are we not giving them the tools to be emotionally resilient, to, you know, make contact with those difficult emotions? Like, why are we not teaching young kids how to sit with their anger so it doesn't morph into aggression? Because if we can't be with our anger or if it's been told to us that being angry is wrong, well, then that just goes right under into the shadow part of ourselves. And then we start acting in aggressive ways, whether they're passive aggressive ways or full out aggressive, you know, it has to go somewhere. And a lot of people will turn that inward and they'll turn it towards themselves. And, you know, then we see things like addiction. We see things like eating disorders, like that is, you know, self-hatred turned around and into this like super violent and vicious and aggressive attack on self. Yes. Because on some level, we have been told that it is not okay to be with our feelings. It's mm-hmm. not okay to be angry. It's not okay to be sad. It's not okay to be you know, pissed off when shitty things happen yeah. on the planet. Yeah. And it's, you know, we have to learn how to be with those and tolerate those emotions, but not act through them. Because there's a difference oh between, God. you know, making contact with my anger. And then there's a whole other, you know, experience of acting through my anger and allowing that to morph into aggression and attacking people. Like, yeah. I mean, that is so well said. And, and it's like, I, I talk about this in my yoga practices as well, in my yoga classes as well, that like the really what we're doing on the yoga mat, at least in my, in my class. And this is what I teach. And this is really what I lead with. Yes. I teach asana. I teach the sequencing, but like really the purpose for me is like to get people to sit with themselves, no matter whether, whether or not it's exquisite or excruciating, mm, like okay. obviously you're going to get hurt, like get the hell out of the pose. But like, of course, of course, like if you're just uncomfortable and like your leg is shaking because you've been in warrior two for 10 breaths, like I invite you to sit with that and actually notice how you react mm-hmm. because when we have to sit with discomfort, like I, like personally, I get pissed off, mm. but some people love it or mm-hmm. some people get like literally angry. And I like see them roll their eyes at a warrior two. You know, yeah. it's like, we all have these different reactions to the sensations that we experience. Totally. And so about like, can I sit with it and process it and maybe have an open conversation about it and really feel it? Cause if you mm-hmm. want to feel it, you got to feel it. Or Absolutely. like, are you going to be angry and then like go punch a window? Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, one like, of those avenues is probably going to serve your best and highest good. The other yeah. one, well, you know, you might yeah. just have to repeat a lesson. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Oh God, you're genius. Okay. Beautiful. Wow, wow. 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 Okay. You're blowing my mind. I'm so excited about this. Um, okay. So I want, so we were talking about this a little bit before we began guys. Um, I want to hear about what you were teaching in Spain mm-hmm. and, and I, 
I'm kind of selfishly doing this because I have some dear friends that have, are going through mm. breakups as mm-hmm. we speak. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'd love to hear how, what you're teaching when it comes right. to breakups and then yeah, yeah. like some tools, if you have any tools. Yeah, of course. So our retreat in Spain, uh, it was called Heal Your Pain in Spain. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it was brilliant. We didn't come up with that. We went anytime. (laughs) Yeah, we went to a bookstore. Um, I co-facilitated this with my girlfriend Kai, and we went to a bookstore and we were having a production meeting. And we were telling the guy that was reading through our books about what we were doing. He's like, "Oh yeah, you're going to help women heal their pain in Spain." We're like, "Oh my god, you're a genius!" (laughs) We're like, "We are so using that." (laughs) Yeah. Sometimes it happens like that. I swear the name of this podcast happened like that. Yeah. I was like, like literally I had a student, Yeah, I had a student be like, Oh my god, that's the name of your show. It was yeah. like great. So, so good. <laughs> yeah. And the whole premise of it was when I went through a really gnarly breakup about a year and a half ago. And awesome. it was, you know, a really public thing. Um our lives were totally intertwined. We built businesses together. Like it, it was messy. And when I went through that breakup, I was really looking for resources and support, you know, to integrate it, to process it, to move through it. Because at this stage of my story, I'm like, I know that if I just push this under, you know, like I've done in every other breakup I've ever had, uh, it's just going to blow up in my face later on. So I may as well deal with it now, but I, I need a guide to go through that. And I couldn't find one. Like there was not a program out there that really resonated with my soul. Yeah. Uh, there are programs out there, but it's like how to get your ex back. And I'm like, this is bullshit. I don't want my ex back. <laughs> yeah. I want myself back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, okay. I want to move through this. I don't, yeah. and there's a lot of language around, well, this is going to help you get over your relationship. I don't want to get over it. Yeah. I want to get through it. Yes. I want to integrate it, but I do not want to get over it because that is just me stepping over my pain. That is just me stepping over an essential lesson that has been brought to this point in my story. Yes. And so I was like, God damn it. Now yeah. I have to create it. <laughs> like, And this has happened <laughs> every single time in my business. Like Every single program that I've ever written has come through an experience that I'm like, well, this resource doesn't exist in the world, so I guess I have to be the one to build it. Yes. And so I just paid attention to my process when I went through my breakup and the different stages of healing that heartbreak. And then what we did is we synthesized that into seven days. Obviously, it takes way longer than seven days to integrate a relationship. Like my whole premise and belief system is taking about two months of processing for every year you were in the relationship. So we were together for four years. So when we broke up, I knew that my healing time was at least eight months. And so I made a commitment to myself to not date anyone for eight months, to really focus on my healing, go inward. Um, And by, by doing that, when I got to the eight month mark, it felt like a natural next step to like dip my toe in the dating world. And, you know, I, and I was ready to a degree. And then, you know, I, I tried on a dynamic for a little while and I was like, ah, Okay, not quite ready. <laughs> yeah. You know, and then I took another, you know, four months. And after that four months, I was like, okay, 
now I actually feel open. And that was about a month before we left for the retreat. And so we, we took these women to a villa in Spain and we took them through this seven day experience where we correlated it with the chakra system. So day one was foundation and really understanding what has rocked their sense of security and stability and <clears throat> understanding where they source that from. Because a lot of people source their sense of stability and safety from another person or something outside of themselves. And that's problematic because at any given time, those circumstances can change. And then we're left, you know, fumbling in the dark. We're left, you know, drowning in the sea of our emotions. And so <clears throat> to really help them really anchor back in and be able to source that sense of security and stability inwardly. And then once we are able to source it inwardly, then of course we can amplify our sense of security and stability through our relationships with others. But if we don't know how to build that internally, then we're always dependent on something or someone outside of ourselves. So we started there and then we took them through this journey of, you know, what's your early family system? What did you learn about relationships? What is your blueprint for love? and helping them understand what is going on in their psyche about relationships so that they can understand those patterns that they keep attracting. Because if we, I think Mark put up a post today, it's like line up pictures of all your exes and you can see like uh, a visual uh, of your mental illness or something. Like that. <laughs> you know, and you know, we did a similar exercise at the retreat of like lining up uh, the significant relationships that all of us have had. And when you do that, when you actually bring it into visual form, you get to see the pattern right in front of you. And we get to see that we often choose people that look very similar to one another, but also the feelings that show up, <clears throat> even though the circumstances might be different, we meet a lot of the same themes inside of our relationships, which is funny because we might swing from one extreme to another. Like I had a history of dating athletes and musicians. And then I was like, well, this isn't working out for me. So I'm going to swing to the other end of the, the spec, the spectrum here and date an engineer and date mm -hmm. a computer scientist. Like that <laughs> must be the solution. Yeah. It wasn't. No, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but it seems like a good idea at the time. <laughs> right. You know, and, uh, and what I started to see was there was a, a deeper pattern inside of the men that I was choosing. And <clears throat> to be able to understand those patterns and, you know, what is the common theme that each of these relationships was bringing into my awareness, that feeling of not truly being chosen of betrayal. And when I started to see those common themes show up, I'm like, Oh, okay. There's the nugget. There's the golden key to my liberation. Because until I know what that pattern is and I've tracked it and I can identify that, okay, there's an, ab an abandonment wound there. There is a betrayal wound there. And then I can look back in my early blueprint, my early family system to track, like, where did that actually start? When was my first experience that I can consciously remember of betrayal, of not belonging? Because that's really the, the core feeling there is 
this uh, replaying of betrayal, not belonging, feeling disposable, and like completely discarded. Whoa. I'm like, where, where does that come from? And there's a memory that is so strong in, in, in me, it's in my cells. And it wasn't my parents. Mm. It was my group of girlfriends when I was, I think in fourth grade or fifth grade, something like that. And, you know, one day at recess, they were like, yeah, we don't want to be friends with her anymore. And they literally like all ran away from me on the Mm. playground. Yeah. And oh my God, that's like yeah. a death sentence in yeah. school. Yeah. In elementary school, like the worst. Yeah. And then that group of girls, because we were quote unquote, the popular girls, um, now not being in that circle, they influenced everyone else. And they're like, don't talk to her. Don't be friends with her. So like yeah. immediately like ostracized, which women, like this is our biggest core wounding fear you know, going back to the days of being cave women, you know, if you're ostracized from the tribe, you are going to die, girlfriend. Yeah. You know, and so as modern women, when we have those experiences of betrayal, when we have those experiences of being kicked out of the girl tribe, our brain synthesizes that and translates it as imminent death. Yes. And that's biological. Biological. Like you're, you're not getting out of that. Like, (laughs) And so to know where that wound really was imprinted and then seeing it replay itself over and over and over and over, even up to my last relationship. I'm like, oh my God. Okay. So what can I be responsible for? And that was a big part of, you know, the healing journey in Spain is we've got to identify those core patterns, those core wounds, and then look how we've participated in the reinforcement of that wound towards ourselves. So if I'm seeing betrayal show up in my partners, um, in what ways do I betray myself? Not necessarily have I betrayed another person because loyalty is my jam, like, and, I think it's really important to you know, be loyal to the commitments that you make. Um, that's where I source a lot of my power and my stability from is really honoring my word. Mm-hmm. And so it, it wasn't so much about, you know, betraying the fidelity of a relationship, but there were other places in which I would betray myself. And those places were my intuition would go off and I would overstep it. Yes, and every time that. my intuition goes off and I rationalize it away where I'm like, no, 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 no. Like he's actually like, a, he's a good guy. Like he would never do that. Like yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Like I must be crazy. And I start invalidating my truth. I start invalidating my wisdom and that's the betrayal. Yes. That's the betrayal that I needed to really like have this breakthrough moment about so that I could change the course of how I do relationships going forward, how I show up in love. Because in the early stages of a dating process, it is very easy to pick up on signals, red flags. But if we're so thirsty for love and we're so deprived of human connection because we've been abandoning self for God knows how long, we will justify overstepping those red flags so that we can have some sense of connection with other. And 
you know, by cultivating a healthy degree of self-love, making contact with my own emotional landscape, I essentially create a buffer of emotional resiliency so that I have the bandwidth that if I see any of those red flags that I'm like, "Mm, okay, yeah, I know what this is. I know this is an opportunity to choose differently. And the old me would be like, oh, I can work with that. You know, it's not that big of a deal. Yeah. Oh, you're, you don't want to commit. Okay. Well, um, I can change your mind (laughs) (laughs) instead of being like, okay, you know, you you know, that's great. Like have a wonderful incarnation. You know, I, I wish you all the best. Like I know that if you are legitimately in a place where relationship is not on the table for you, then I, I can't go forward with you because it would be, emotional torture for me to be in a dynamic with someone who is not able to meet me where I want to be met. And that's really the the big breakthrough there is being able to step into a dating dynamic, suss it out and give that connection enough time to really, you know, be understood and then ask those high quality questions of like, what is it that you're ready for? Right. Not so much like, what are you looking for? Like everyone asks that question. Sure. But what are you actually ready for? Mm, that's such a beautiful distinction. Right. Because I mean, really I, I, people can want things all they want as well, mm-hmm. but like when they're exactly. actually ready for it, that's a totally different statement. Absolutely. And by knowing, you know, I'm, I'm ready for, you know, a, a date once a week and, you know, uh, maybe a couple chats on the phone, and then I can test that against you know where where I'm at and what I'm ready for, and does that work for me? And then I get to choose whether or not that's a yes for me. Yeah. And so you know, taking these women through this healing journey where we essentially just brought them back to themselves, and we helped them understand what was really causing a lot of the mischief, and you know, in in the relationship to begin with and, you know, what caused it to break apart and all of those important distinctions. And then going forward, who is it that they want to be? How do they want to show up in life? How do they want to show up for love? And that starts with how they show up for themselves. And so to be able to ask these questions at the very start of a new dynamic where you have the least amount of emotional investment is so key. A lot of people will wait until, you know, they have a commitment or they've had sex with them and then the bond is super strong and then they'll ask these questions. But at that point, uh, they have a lot to lose if the answer isn't aligned with what they want. And when an emotional tie has to be severed after you've had sex with someone, after you've bonded your energy to them, it's the equivalent of a child being ripped away from its primary caregiver. Yeah. Like like emotional bonds are very potent and and we, and very real. And we do not give that enough respect and consideration as a culture. And so, you know, part of our education as a whole is training humans to understand that so that we don't use sex as, you know, this manipulative tool to try and extort a connection, extort a commitment because it never works that way. Right. And if we started from the beginning of saying, Hey, you know, this is who I am in the world. This is what I'm up to. This is what my life looks like. This is what you can count on me for. This is what I'm ready for. 
tell me about yourself and, you know, let me see if there's resonance there. Like, I want to know, do we have a core value alignment? Because if we don't, I'm not even going to bother on a second date with you. Oh, yeah. I mean, the like, amount yeah. of like oxytocin that's released in the brain after sex, it's just like, it is the bonding hormone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it sets you up for a lot of discomfort and disappointment if the values are not aligned. Absolutely. And what's a really interesting fact is the difference in that bonding hormone release between men and women. So ladies, like if you have an orgasm with someone, that bonding hormone keeps you like literally bonded to that person for three weeks. Wow. Like you've got rose colored glasses on for three weeks. He can do no wrong in your eyes. You will literally not be able to see red flags with all of those hormonal cocktails flushing through your brain. For men, the flushing happens for three days. (laughs) How dreamy. Right? And so... We already, like, we start to see this distinction between men and women. Like, we we are very different. You know, our brains produce different uh, hormones, different chemicals. And, you know, there's there's a reason for that. And our distinctions are what makes us beautiful and complementary. And, you know, there's so much sweetness that's available if we can understand those differences and then use them in harmony and, you know, really bring them together in this really lovely way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, it's not a bad thing. Like I'm not, you know, shit talking men here because they only have that bonding hormone happening for three days. But what that does for me is it makes me more responsible and much more decisive and diligent and aware mm-hmm. and mindful of who I'm going to exchange that energy with. Yeah. Because if I'm exchanging that energy with someone who has shown consistently that he is respectful, that he's responsive, that he's considerate, that he knows his owner, his own inner landscape, and you know he knows his core wounds and he knows like his patterns, and that's a much better choice in terms of exchanging that energy with than someone who you know, has no idea what a feeling is. Or if you ask what his core values are, he's like, what's a core value? Right. Yeah. Like I literally had that conversation with someone over new year's and you would have thought that I was talking another language to this guy. Wow. Because wow. He just didn't know he didn't have context and not because he was dumb. Like this guy was intelligent, Yeah. you know, and his friends, you know, were part of that conversation. They were also really intelligent people. And yet all of them had this look of like deer in the headlights. Like, what is this woman talking about? Yeah. Core values. Yeah. Like guys, what are some what, of your core values? If you don't mind sharing, just to give people an example, because I have very distinctive core values as well. But um, just so people can get a general gist if they don't know what we're talking about. Yeah, so I have three guiding principles that guide anything that I do in life, and that's love, intimacy, and inspiration. So I know that I'm living on purpose if I leave people with some form of connection to either love, intimacy, or inspiration by having an interaction with me. And those become the way in which I show up for my life. So if I'm living through the energy of love, I show up very differently in terms of how I speak to people, 
what I invest my time into, how I treat my body, um, what I consume in terms of education, media, food, energy, like all of that immediately shifts if I'm acting from a place of love versus from a place of fear or anger or whatever. Yes. Um, another core value for me is high quality. So I'm very, very particular about what I put out into the world, how I put it out into the world. Um, you know, I, I'm, I do my best to, you know, proofread things before I send them out or be mindful of operating from a place of high quality versus high quantity. Mm, um, totally. For me, that's much more important to have high quality connections, um, high quality, you know, even food, you know, things in my home, like high quality is a, a really big deal for me. Um, another one is connection. And that really does fit with the love and the intimacy piece. Um, connection is super important to me and creativity. I'd say that those are like the big guiding principles and values that I live my life through. Now, you know, the thing about core values is they do shift sometimes, you know, and I think that's where people get tripped up. At least anyone that I've ever worked with gets really tripped up uh, on this conversation of core values because they're like, oh, I've got to pick the the five core values that forever are going to guide my life. And that's such a big undertaking. And, you know, I get it. Yeah. It's, it's almost like committing to forever. Like that's a, a big thing. Like how are we ever going to know what's truly aligned for us, you know, for the entirety of our lives? We don't know. Right. And so for me, in terms of core values, like I allow myself flexibility to evolve and to shift and to change. And I like to take inventory on a yearly basis and check in with myself. Like, are these still the the core values that are really important to me? Like what has happened in my last year of my life? Mm -hmm. And are those, you know, principles still valid for where I'm going? Or can I recalibrate a little bit so that I am living through something that's more authentic, that's in a deeper sense of resonance and alignment with myself. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes perfect sense. And that's beautifully said. Um, my next question to you is what are some self love practices? Because I think it does start at home. It, it starts start with us. What are some self love practices that you participate in that help you cultivate that? Mm, such a good question. And I am a big fan of simplicity. And, you know, I think people try to overcomplicate self love a lot of the time. And the practices that really work for me are, you know, minimum drinking a liter and a half of water every day. Beautiful. Uh, Drinking water before I have a sip of coffee. That's a very important distinction for me. Yes. Um, It's simple. And if I reboot my system every morning by having water first, it wakes up my brain. It wakes up my digestive system. It just wakes up my entire system and it sets the tone for what I will, you know, do for the rest of my day. And it also sets the tone for what I will input into my body in terms of fuel. And so starting off with water is key. That's a huge self-love thing for me. Love it. Um, also another practice that I have cultivated over the years is, from the moment I wake up and open my eyes, the first thing through my mind is thank you. 
Beautiful. Like, just thank you. Thank you for today. Thank you for another opportunity to show up for life. And I start my day by saying thank you. And usually from there, it'll spiral into, you know, thinking about things that I'm grateful for. Um, Sometimes it doesn't, you know, sometimes it's just a thank you for this day. Thank you for the opportunity, you know, higher self, you know, life, love, physical vessel here. Like, thank you for giving me this opportunity to be a vehicle for the expression of love today. Thank you for that. Beautiful. And, you know, a, a third principle that is super simple, keeps my energy really clean, really clear. It's easy. It's free. Um, <laughs> which are also like important things is, uh, every day I go out at some point in my day on a walk simply for the purpose of collecting evidence of that, which pleases me, mm-hmm. that, which delights me, that, which makes me happy, that, which is beautiful. Um, sometimes I'll collect evidence of creativity or collect evidence of love in action or collect evidence of sweetness. Um, but there's always a moment in my day where I'm literally on the hunt for that. And I'm just looking for evidence of goodness in this world. And when I, and it's a habit now, like, and so now when I walk down the street and I see a couple holding hands, my immediate thought is like, Oh, yes, yes. Like, more love. Yeah, guys. And like, I'm cheering them on in my mind. And so I'm participating in amplifying that, which I want to see in the world. And most people have conditioned themselves to look for that, which isn't working. Mm -hmm. And then they criticize and they rip people down who have the things that secretly they want. Totally. it's mind boggling to me. Like how many people are like, Oh, I really want a relationship. And then their friend gets engaged and they're like, fucking bitch. Yeah. Yeah. And you're like, okay, so let me get this straight. (laughs) You want to be in a relationship. And then the people who have that love in their life, you're not even happy for that. Shaming. In fact, shaming and like guilting and, you know, just this storm cloud over, over love. And you think that it's going to show up for you. Yeah, totally. Mm-mm. You got to create the conditions that makes love and partnership welcome. Yes. And so, you know, being that we're all about love and relationships over here in this camp, um, it made logical and intuitive sense to me. And that's a big thing for me. Like, does this make logical sense? And does it make intuitive sense? Beautiful. And you know, for me, going and collecting evidence of things that are beautiful, that are working in the world, evidence of love, sweetness, beauty, all of that amplifies my energy. Yes. And the cool thing about this for anyone who is listening, when you make that a habit, you don't have to work as hard in life. You're still going to have to put effort in. Like, I'm not saying you don't have to work, but you, you still have to put effort in, but you don't have to grind upstream anymore. Mm. Because your energy is so dialed that when you take action, it's potent. You don't waste your time doing shit that is, you know, taking you off purpose. Mm -hmm. Instead, you're laser focused. And when you're laser focused and your energy is vibrant, people are responsive to that. Yes. Well, pleasure is a practice. Like it's a Mm -hmm. deep Absolutely. My, one of my mentors, um, talks about this and she calls it beauty hunting. 
And I love that image and the thought of that. And like what you just described is basically what she talks about. Jen Passwell is her name. I hope she'll call on the show. Um, but literally just like looking for, like I can see the world through the lens of like looking for the beautiful things or I can see the world through the ends of like everything is shit and I'm going to find proof of it. Absolutely. And one of them feels a lot better. Agreed. <laughs> I would like to live a life that feels good to live. Yeah. And in order to do that, I have to create those conditions. And it, it is very much a mental habit. You know, so much of our emotional experience of the world is linked to our mindset. And this is why in the masterclass, that's where we start. We start with mindset. Like most people have no clue how to build a mindset for love. Yeah. No clue. They, they just don't even know how their brain works. And if we don't know how our brain works, we certainly won't understand the mind and, you know, our conscious mind, our subconscious mind, people try and consciously change themselves. Like January is the perfect time for this conversation because people are trying to consciously change and they don't understand that. I don't know what the percentage is officially, but let's just roll with like 95% of your behavior comes from your subconscious. So you trying to change and overhaul a big portion of your life from your conscious mind is foolish because that's only responsible for 5% of your behavior. Like it, it makes sense to get into, you know, that bigger system that's responsible for more of your behavior and how you operate and how you filter the world so that you can change that. And when you change that, your entire world opens up. And so to give people that insight and that revelation and those tools about how their mindset is actually reprogrammed over time. And I think that it's an important thing to empower people with because in this day and age with a lot of personal development and um, people don't understand what's happening to them when they go into a personal development seminar and their brain gets hacked or their brain gets washed. And I, I think it's, a huge disservice to people to essentially brainwash them and to reprogram them without giving them the insight into a, that that's what's happening and how it's all working so that they can choose out of their own free will, what they're ready for, what they're willing to step into, um, you know, what's going to work for them because we all have trauma and, we're, you know, we're all going through this life at a pace that, you know, we can really digest. And I'm not in a position to tell anyone what their pace should be. And so that's why we start the year in that space of like, I'm going to give you like all of that information so that you know that you can take on what works for you and leave what doesn't. And you know, what's happening to your mind as it's changing. So it's not like this weird thing where we're out of sync with ourselves and we're like, ah, I don't really trust this process because I don't understand it. So it's really important for me to, for people to understand the process of transformation and what's going on so that they can surrender into it in a way that feels really good to them. And they can trust themselves in that process because if people can't trust themselves, you know, after a year of working together, they're not going to fly they're going to be anchored to me and they're going to be dependent on me, which is my worst nightmare, yeah, Right? you know, of creating, you know, quote unquote transformation in a way that has people be dependent on me forever. Like, no, thank you. I would like you to be independent yeah. and be able to fully function in your life without the need for constant guidance, constant support, you know, without second guessing yourself and, 
you know, occasionally we do need tune-ups and we, you know, have coaches and, you know, leaders for that, but to have yourself as your primary guide is really what jazzes me up to set people up to get into that space where by the end of the year, they are their primary guide and they don't need me. You know, they, they might come back for a tune up every once in a while, but they really know themselves. They can trust themselves and they can start directing their lives from that conscious creator space. Wow. You guys, you are your guide. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Amazing. Um, okay. So I always love this question just because I'm always looking for a new good read. Um, so do you have any books that you recommend for people that are maybe, um, looking to be in a relationship or cultivate that or trying to get over an ex or something of that nature? Do you have any recommendations? Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, Harville Hendricks is freaking phenomenal. Mm. Um, so get the love. Oh, shoot. Um, yeah, I, it's, it's close to an event that we do. We do get the love worth having. Um, geez, I, I can't even remember right now. Um, it's good. Yeah. He, he's got such a phenomenal take on it. It's, you know, it's a deeper read in terms of getting the love uh, you want. Getting the love you yeah. want. There it is. Yeah. Um, so I'd say that one. And then Sue Johnson has a really great book. Um, it's not Love Sense. It's the other one. It's a teal blue cover. Clearly, I am. No, I, <laughs> I store that information in my brain. Um, yeah, and it's the seven conversations for lasting love. But I can't remember the actual title. Seven conversations book. for a lifetime of love. Yeah, it, that's the tag on on the book, but I can't remember what oh, the actual. Oh, hold me tight. Hold me tight. I'm there Googling. we go. I'm not kidding. I'm googling as you're talking. Yeah. So those <laughs> those two books are freaking phenomenal in terms of relational awareness, um, building you know a relationship on purpose. That they're going to help you get into your psyche and understand your blueprint for love, which is key. Like there's a lot of fluffy books out there about dating and relationships, but if you don't understand the actual blueprint and what was imprinted early in your life, um, reading all that stuff won't make a difference. Hmm. And, and I don't mean to say that to dishearten people, I'm, I'm saying it to empower them of like, understand what's the source point so that you can start working with it to transform it. And that's when those other books are an enhancement and they're very helpful when you understand what's going on in your blueprint. So we've got to start at the source and then work it from there. So I'd say those two books. That's amazing. Thank you for that. Um, I can't believe it's already been almost 55 minutes. I don't know know. what happened there. Start to wrap it up. (laughs) I can't even believe it. Um, What is your definition definition of an epic life? Of an epic life. Uh, My definition of an epic life is a life that feels good to live. And when I say feels good to live, I mean, in, in my soul, in, in my heart, like I'm doing things that are an embodiment of my purpose and I'm living from a place of overflow of love, overflow of generosity, uh, overflow of sweetness and inspiration. And I think any time that I'm in full resonance with what I was put on this planet to do, my life 
is an embodiment of what it means to be epic. And, you know, it's not about running a multi-million dollar company or, you know, private jets and la la la. Like to me, it's the ability to be present with whatever is going on within me moment to moment and give that gift of presence and connection to anyone that I have the honor of crossing paths with. I'm nodding my head so hard right now. (laughs) (laughs) So beautiful. Okay. My love, it's time for the rapid fire round. So I'm just going to like ask you questions and answer which one. So it's like either or situation. Okay. Okay, baby. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Introvert or extrovert? Introvert or extrovert? Uh, right now, extrovert. Yes. Yoga or meditation? Yoga or meditation? Uh, meditation. Sex or sleep? Sex or sleep? Mm, I do like sex. <laughs> it's like you can't really have one without the other, but yeah, totally. I feel you, girl. Bourbon um, <laughs> or wine? Um, you know, these days it's more of a bourbon. Girl, you and me both. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, That's New something happened in the last like four months. Uh, I don't even know, but yeah. <laughs> New York or Los Angeles? Or I'm Los assuming Angeles. you've been to both. I haven't been to New York, oh um, I, but LA, I mean, hello, Disneyland is like a stone's throw away. So I'm going with LA. Dream. LA wins. Yeah. Super dreamy. Awesome. Ebook or hard copy? Or- hard copy. Nice. Me too. Um, shower or bath? Shower, bath? shower. Milk or dark chocolate? Milk. Darkness. Uh, where'd that go? Phone call or text? Phone call or text? Phone call. Intelligence or humor? Intelligence or humor. Humor. Money or fame? Money or fame. Uh, probably money. Mm, I love it. Sister, where can we connect to you? Sister, where can, where can people find you on the interwebs? Um, I mean, Instagram, I'm very active on there. Um, so that's a good place of contact. But also my website, KelseyGrant.com. We're building out the new website, the Legendary Love Academy, right now. So that will be up, you know, in the next couple of months. But for now, you can find me on my website or on Instagram. Instagram is going to be the the best way to find me. I'm always on there. Awesome, and that's Radical Self Love on the gram. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Kelsey, I want to take a moment to acknowledge you as a really inspirational human, a really beautiful soul. I'm so grateful to have connected to you and to have made this happen. This has been. I feel like a long time coming because I've adored you since I've started following you. I've actually, by the way, guys, I've never met Kelsey in person. Uh, <laughs> but I, we fell in love on the internet. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. Not yet. It's happening. It's all happening. Mm-hmm. Um, but just thank you for being you. Thank you for having me and taking all of that in sister. And I really appreciate, you know, the time today and getting to have this conversation with you. And I'm so excited for all of the sweetness that we're inevitably going to co-create together. Like world watch out when we get in the same room together. Yeah. Fire. You know, fire. fire. <laughs> yeah. I'm so excited. All right, sister. Thanks so much. All, right, all my sister, love. Oh, thank you. Bye. You guys, thank you so much for tuning in today. What an absolute gift. Uh, 
please do connect to me. I would love to hear from you. You can find me on Instagram. You can find me on Facebook, um, social media in general at Alexa Silvaggio. And if you do have a second, I would be super grateful if you left us a review on iTunes. Why? Well, because that actually makes us more visible to everyone. And I'm all about spreading the good stuff, right? Spreading the goods, getting the word out because I want us all to benefit. I want us all to feel good. I want us all to thrive. So this is your gentle reminder, my love, to go out there and create an epic life. All my love. Oh,